All right, we should just start. Okay. Welcome to Monday. Welcome to Business Coach Power Hour. How's everyone doing? Put a one in the chat if you're doing great. Put a two in the chat if you're holding steady and put a three in the chat if you are not as good as your normal baseline. I would have to put a three in the chat if I'm being totally honest, just emotionally, like business-wise, I'm good. We're holding steady. Um, but me, just, I've got a lot of anxiety. I've dealt with a lot of sort of tough situations this past couple months or couple weeks. And I'm, I'm a three, but I, I, I rely on my, my coaching friends here and trust you guys with that information. Hey, I'm going to share um, the income disclosure statement that is actually appropriate for this group. So um, here's oh. what I'm going to do. What is this? Okay. So this is the atypical income, income disclosure statement. And um, I just want you to say, like, we're going to talk about things today. Um, and this group here, you guys all have an atypical income from Optavia. So this income testimonial um, is not representative of the average earnings that coaches achieve within Optavia. This group right here is only a small number of coaches that will achieve that within, that's in the, within the range of this testimonial. Like, so I can talk about having a house in this neighborhood and also um, a 10 acre property up in Winter Park. Um, that's not typical, right? And I know that there's a bunch of people here who have done the same thing with their Optavia income or similar things or done amazing things to help other people. So that's why I wanna start reading this one here. Optavia makes no guarantee of financial success. Success with Optavia results only from successful it's sales efforts. Yeah, we're gonna stop talking bad about the salespeople because what we do is actually um, the highest level of sales. It's actually relationship-based sales. It's question-based sales. It's providing a solution-based sales. Um, and that requires hard work, diligence, and a skill, like a true skill. Um, persistence, competence, leadership, and grit. Please see the Optavia IDS statement for statistics on actual earnings of coaches. All right, take it away, Miss Danielle. I love it. Okay. So I mentioned in our FIBC thread that we're doing something a little atypical today instead of an FIBC power hour where we're going to go through activities. We are going to do a little bit of a panel to talk about some of these shifts so that you can hear where we've been, where we're going, and what has happened behind the scenes since January. And this will also help you have resources to share with your teams. So let's take another little poll in the chat. Put a one in the chat if after the social media TNT, you feel like the majority of your team was like, oh, okay, great. And or exciting, it was positive or above, one in the chat. Put a two in the chat if you feel like the kind of baseline average of your team was, wait, what? Or anxiety, or I don't know what to do now. And it's interesting to see, like we're kind of all over the board. We have a lot of teams who are excited about change, and then we have some that are not. And we have some teams that have already been trialing changes, and we have some teams that are not. 
have not. And so we wanted to bring in a panel to just let you guys know where this has come from. Some of the foundational uh, roots behind why we decided to shift what would be our first brush, first blush, we're blushing and brushing up against brushes um, with social media for new coaches. And that was the point of uh, Tuesday night's TNT. I'm going to bring on Carrie and Michelle and ask you guys to go first, if that's all right. Hey, hey, have a long drum roll there for that. All right. Thanks for having us on. Um, The first thing I want to say is a lot of things have changed over the years, especially with social media and especially with Facebook. Um, I mean, you guys all know that Facebook's constantly changing their algorithm and what they sort of prioritize with engagement. So a lot of us that came into this in 2020, things were a lot different back then. So what we were doing then may not be as current uh, best practice, okay? And so as we know as leaders, we have to be flexible, we have to be adaptable, we have to be willing to pivot. And so probably about four months ago, um, Optavia, well, we found out that Optavia corporate had been looking into some social media changes and finding out hey, what do we need to be doing? The good news is you guys were already doing a lot of this stuff. It's already natural to us, but we're just gonna give you some tips that we found um, over the past four months that we've been experimenting with. So so I guess it was probably back in January, they said, okay, I don't know, Jen can kind of clarify, it was something with um, corporate and somebody with Meta who owns Facebook and Instagram and finding out what's working, what's not working as much. And it was really interesting to see the changes. A lot of the things that we had been doing um, initially, a lot of us when we came on to coaching, um, and you guys can put a one in the chat if you started coaching in 2020 or even before. It's probably gonna be a lot if I had to guess. 2020 Um, or before. And so we kind of wanted to focus on some things that we thought that we would implement. So back in, I want to say it's been about four months, um, we created a focus group. And, you know, because before Danielle and her team, with Danielle and with a lot of the fibbles here um, on the panel, and then really all levels of coaches. So from fibble all the way down, okay? Just because... um, we thought having a wide variety would be a good representation, right? Um, and we started experimenting with some things and just that's- Playing around. Yeah, and having fun with it. And we're going to talk about some of the things that we found, um, but also a lot of the things that we've, some of those things we've been doing. I mean, what we know, first and foremost, Facebook is still the primary social media platform that we want to be using. It's relationship-based. And as you guys all know, our- Our business is relationship-based. We are relationship-based sales. And I love that Jen started that off. I mean, we do need to change the narrative around sales. It's not icky. It's how we come across and we are selling ourselves. People are going to work with us because they like who we are. They trust us. We built a relationship with them and we have become trusted advisors. And that's how we all have to start viewing ourselves is we're adding value 
we're adding, uh, what's the word? We're at, I mean, we're adding who we are. We have to be authentic, genuine, and add value. If you take nothing out of this whole call, I think that would be sort of the key points. I mean, I think there's a big difference in just selling someone something, but then selling someone something, but you have a relationship behind it. You know, that's the key difference. It's just like in the medical field, we don't think that we're in sales, but truthfully we are, we're providing a service and we have to sell ourselves to our patients. You know, we walk in the room and, you know, if I act like an a-hole, like they're probably not going to let me put them under. And so, you know, we do need to portray ourselves as professional, knowledgeable, confident, all the things, even in things that you don't really think about as sales. Okay, so we started a focus group and we started trying some things. And I'm going to let Sarah and Danielle, or if Danielle's talking and Jen talk about a little bit more in detail about that. Um, But it's always best to implement things on a smaller scale before you talk about it to a larger group. But I kind of wanted to give you guys some tips that um, that we found. Tip number one, understand your audience and the type of content that they want to see. And so start kind of paying attention when you're looking at your page. What do they like? What's getting reactions, comments, shares? Is it, you know, maybe you're posting your own lean and green versus just a you know, stock Google photo, maybe you are cooking your lean and green and you start taking pictures of it. Maybe you take it a step further and you take a video of you cooking your lean and green. Start thinking about things in terms of that. One Um, thing I noticed too is, you know, we tend to get a lot of interaction and comments and whatnot when our dogs are on our pages. And so the other day I was like, well, how can I kind of incorporate that together? You know, that's kind of our brand as dogs that are spoiled rotten. And so a lot of times I'll just take a photo of my leaning green with Sadie in the background begging. You know, it adds a little humor, yeah. it adds the dog. So it's incorporating me as an individual into that health coaching, you know, post, right? And then you might notice, do people like photos? Do they like, uh, you know, words on a background? Is it a video? Is it, you know, just pay you, we're gonna have to start paying attention to what our audience likes. And sometimes that's posting something new and seeing how it does, right? And you want to ask yourself as you create your your content or your post, is this material relevant and meaningful? Does it add value? Okay. Um, Be consistent. You got to post regularly. And we're going to talk a little bit more in detail about that, but you don't want to post and ghost. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, later as well. And let's talk about the four E's when you are creating your posts. Number one, educational. Will they learn something from it? Entertainment. Will they be interested and will they actually watch it? All right. If you're doing a video, are they going to watch this, you know, or is it just boring? Okay. I mean, for lack of a better word, um, economic, um, is there a cost savings or bonus? Now we're going to look at that in a little bit different way. I would say not technically cost savings in the terms that we would normally use it like, hey, we're having a sale. That is not what I mean. What I mean is it is it adding value. Can I pop in here just real quick? Yeah. About one of the economical shifts that can help us as coaches, because for a long time, for those of you who have been in this for years and years, we were told to really live this abundance, live this financial freedom, which we can't call by that name on social media for compliance reasons, to live that out loud. 
And if you're, you know, buying a car, you're going to post it. And different people have a different comfort level with that. But we were listening to a podcast specifically on network marketing. And a lot of companies have promoted that through the years, right? Like show your financial abundance because it's going to be a marketing draw for people to want to join your business. And the, the, um, podcast speaker said it is so out of touch with where people are at right now that it is like an actively harmful way to market yourself. And I know when, when we were first getting this information about like, oh, economical, like how can you share things that are going to be economic, like family savings for dinners. My first thought after years of just kind of growing up in this culture is, well, I'm not going to show cost savings. I'm going to show how I can just, you know, spend out the wazoo because financial abundance, let me just go get, you know, healthy takeout for my family. Join me. Don't you want to live like this? And that's falling flat because that's not our population. Right. So when you hear, like, when I hear that, like the economical piece, I'm like, ah, that is so in line with what we're seeing now, as far as we don't want to be flaunting. If you are living a life of abundance, flaunting it right now is not working in getting people to sign up as a coach. Instead, give people something of value. If you do have a whole bunch of mom friends following you and you see this amazing target sale on back to school stuff, maybe you should post about it. Not with an external link because Facebook doesn't like it, but that's knowing your audience and posting to your community, not living in like a whole different world where other people are going to what we think, like want to join us. That's not actually happening. Yeah. And, you know, put yourself like, like I often think, well, what sucks me in on Facebook? I'll tell you what sucks me in. It's when people are making something. Cause I'm like, I want to see what they're making. They're using this weird vegetable or whatever. How's this going to end yeah. up? I've never gone and seen a video or something of somebody being really rich and being like, I want to be, you know, like, it's just never drawn me in. Um, I'm very private about finances. You ask Michelle, uh, I've never been one to really post much about that. And I think it's a turn off. So, all right. So the four E's, let's go through them again, educational, entertaining, economic, and engaging. Okay. So tip number two is authenticity. And I think this is something that, um, we can all work on a little bit. Okay, so we want to be open, honest, gritty, and vulnerable to some extent. Um, true to yourself, content is going to do better. Not over-filtered, but also, you know, don't have clutter everywhere and, and, you know, have decent lighting and things, but also you don't need to look perfect, you know, um, be yourself. That's authentic. That is relatable and what people are going to relate to. Um, let's see, is it unique to you and what you can offer and deliver? You don't want to look promotional, cheesy, or spammy. I don't think any of us do that. So I think that we're already ahead of the game there. Um, write authentic headlines and words in the body that sound like you. Um, and that's, I think, super important because what, you know, some of you guys can say, I'll use, I don't know, Brenna. Let's use Brenna. She can write something, but it doesn't sound like me. So I can't just go and copy what she's writing and use it as my own because it's not sincere and it's it's just not who I am. 
you can't be a robot. Okay. I really believe that you cannot build a relationship by copy and paste. You've got to, you know, find out what sounds like you and make it and make it your own. Um, okay. Let's see. Just going through my notes here. Okay. And we kind of talked about it, video content. It should look real. You don't want it to be too polished. It's okay. But at the same time, you know, don't have a like, and it, really distracting background. Yeah. And just going back to uniqueness and authenticity, it's great to get ideas um, from Google or other people or what have you, but make it yours, make it yours, make it unique to you, different, unique. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Tip number three, engage with your audience. This is huge. This is a lot of what we teach on power hours as far as cleaning your timeline. Facebook loves the back and forth. So we're already here. We're teaching people to do this, right? These are going to get the most interaction and the most favorable um, attention in the algorithm. Um, so when people comment, make sure you react to it as we do. Greater engagement is going to lead to greater perceived buzz, buzz and greater reach. Um, and obviously addressing positive comments. And if they're negative comments, I wouldn't bump that. Okay, that would be something I would either delete or reach out to. Um, you can ask friends to reshare your content. I know, um, just decide, I'll add this. Um, one of our coaches has asked a few of her clients if they would be willing to share her transformation because they weren't willing to do their own transformation. She said, well, would you be willing to, you know, to help me and share my transformation? And that was huge. It reached a whole new audience. And so that worked really, really well. Um, and I guess, you know, Facebook favors that type of interaction. They love getting cross account dialogue. So what that means is if you're responding in your comments and then someone else starts chiming in as well, and you've got multiple people chiming in, they love that because what they want to do, they're favoring engagement. They want to be social. Right? Um, engagement posts. This is another reason why engagement posts are so huge. Okay. Number four. Video, 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 video. Video is huge. It's huge right now. And there's a couple of different ways you can do it. So we'll talk a little bit about short form video and long form video. So long form video is a video that is in your feed. Short form video is in stories and reels. So there's sort of two different um, audiences here. You've got your audience that tends to be with stories and reels, and then you've got your audience on Facebook that usually is, they're the ones that are scrolling the news feed, right? So that, and we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about stories, but you are hitting two separate audiences there, and that is going to broaden your reach. And so you probably notice we are teaching a lot of stories lately. So, um, you know, I think we're all going to get a little bit more. Uh, proficient in that. And, you know, 50%, it's actually over 50% of all time spent on Facebook is watching video. So, well, what kind of video? You can go live, you can do, you don't even have to go live, you can just create a video, you can do a video in stories, add value. I will tell you one of the biggest thing, yeah, dogs, it doesn't even have to be about health. One of the biggest things we ever did, I swear by this in our business was we did 
during the pandemic, we did cooking videos of our lean and greens and they were not edited. They were totally on the fly, imperfect. And we, short. people liked them. We added short. value and people use the recipes. So think about ways that you can add value there. And then tip number five, keep them on the platform. Facebook does not like you having links that are going to send you off of Facebook. Yeah, I posted a really cool like three minute TED talk. Um, and so it was a link, right? And I got, and I was getting likes and comments on all my other posts in that one, zero reactions, zero comments. So Facebook just did not show it because they didn't want people leaving to go watch that TED talk. And to give you an idea of what that looks like, if your post has a link in it, the engagement 0.03%. So pretty bad, right? Pretty bad. So you want to keep people on Facebook. Um, and I think that's it really for, for our tips there. I, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth, um, Sarah will, about what that might look like. But I will say that I think, you know, mix it up, be authentic. If you're going to do a recipe, do a recipe, but do it. Use your food. We're all eating lean and greens here. Take a picture of your lean and green, take a video of it post it. You don't always have to put the recipe, mix it up. It, you, you don't have to look robotic. Like systematic is one thing, but robotic, like the exact same thing every day. We're going to have to pivot. We're going to have yeah. to shift what we're doing a little bit here because people want to see it. They want to see who we are and be more authentic. And so, so real quick, um, I just jotted down a few ideas of sort of like, you know, example. So I garden, you know, I mentioned safety bagging for the lean and green. Um, I garden in the summer. And so a lot of times I'll take a photo of the eggplant that I grew and then post an eggplant recipe. Um, so that's sort of combining my personality with, you know, health coaching, right? Um, incorporating motion. Gardening is, it can be, you know, a lot of motion and exercise and movement, um, you know, recipes. So I posted a uh, turmeric chicken stew. Um, but instead of just putting the recipe out there, I said turmeric and I listed the health benefits that I got from a reputable, reputable website that I knew was correct. Um, and I just posted some things about turmeric, um, and then had the picture. And then in the comments, I posted the recipe. Um, so these are just different ways of kind of mixing things up a little bit, you know, and getting, adding value to people's lives. And I've, I mean, I've experimented with like posting a transformation, but instead of doing um, the traditional side-by-side -side using like pic collage or one of the other apps, I might do a picture of me with them and then another picture of their transformation, or you can do a picture in picture. And, and I'll let Jen talk about that. We've done that as well. Um, you can just do one picture. You can talk not about how much weight they've lost, but how they've changed their life. So, you know, I think, that's kind of another thing is I'm trying to do some more posts that aren't all about weight loss, that they're more about health in general, um, motion and health tips. And, you know, obviously living your health out loud is huge and you still want to do that. And that's, and how has about this, it? Tell yeah. them how this has made you feel over the last couple of months. What, what has it done for you? How's it made you feel? Tell them I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about it. It's gotten, you know, I mean, I'm doing it all myself. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm excited about what I'm posting. I feel, um, 
I don't know. You're connecting with people. Connecting, yeah. I feel more creative and excited, which is something, if nothing else. So, okay, that's all I got. So just um, to recap, because there was so much goodness and, and people are taking notes in the chat. Um, this was not Carrie and Michelle's idea of what we should do that then we just kind of ran with. It wasn't anyone's idea. This information, a lot of those statistics, the four E's, that was coming from Optavia Corporate after doing a really deep dive into how health coaches are using social media effectively or less effectively. So it wasn't just let's read an article on how is social media changing these days because it's more nuanced than that. It's more specific. What we do is very specific. We're not using business Facebook pages, for example. And Optavia was taking that and saying, okay, so if everyone's using these personal Facebook pages, what's working well, what's not working well, what do we know with people who you know, work behind the scenes at Meta and they actually hired a branding firm. Maybe Jen will talk about that in a little bit. So from that information in February, we put together a focus group to trial, which was to trial what was very different and uncomfortable for some of us. <laughs> I was uncomfortable. I was on that spectrum of like, oh, what's gonna happen if I slow down my RPMs of posting? Um, and since February, that's what we've been playing around with. And within Morris Tribe, our culture, I think pretty much falls completely in line with all of those recommendations. Carrie, Michelle, we've yet to have one of those recommendations from corporate be something that didn't work well or cause damage to either engagement, client acquisition, et cetera. So we tested those practices. We also tested slowing down the frequency of posting. Um, and we tested it with newer coaches, coaches who were in a couple of years, coaches who have you know, been old salty sea dogs and have massive businesses, few friends, medium friends, big friends, um, to kind of see what, what was going to work. Okay, so, Sarah? Tell us some stuff, <laughs> help us understand what as FIBCs working with our teams who might be anxious or excited, or we're not even sure yet, um, what has your experience been so far? Um, you mean since uh, this new pivot, shall we say, or just in general? Well, one of the reasons that I wanted you to ask or one of the reasons that I wanted you to speak is as we were exploring some of these changes and saying, well, what if we, gosh, what if we followed the recommendation of slowing down posts? Gosh, what if we followed the recommendation of doing this? You were one of the people who throughout the years of building as a health coach hasn't necessarily branded the way that many of us have been branding for years. Is that right? Um, in some ways, yes. I, um, Definitely the frequency. And I think, you know, I know I spoke to this a little bit on the national call, which I thought was really interesting that I was like, oh, so what I was doing, I think was maybe more appropriate for um, maybe the times we're in now. But then again, I feel like over the years, I've just not put myself in a box 
of branding one way. And I think that's really important now. And what we're really trying to um, communicate is that there are just options and you want to make sure what you're doing feels true to you. <clears throat> but I think the bigger um, sort of idea is that whatever you choose, consistency is still really important. And so when I was talking with um, Optivia Corporate, it was interesting because they had actually listened into some other organizations' power hours that are, you know, kind of similar to maybe what we offer. And they, um, I think, noticed how we brand with a little bit more of that genuine intent than maybe some other organizations. And so they wanted us to really speak to that because they see that like the world is in a different place now. Like there's a lot of uncertainty out there. People are needing a lot more authentic connection. Um, and speaking to that call, I thought was really interesting that we were talking about earlier um, with some other, you know, kind of social media experts is that, yeah, we're in a different place than we were three years ago. And I think it's important to just take note of what your audience is seeing and how they're responding and being open to kind of being flexible and pivoting, but consistency is still really important. So throughout the years, I've definitely ebbed and flowed in like the frequency of my posts, but I think overall, I've always stayed consistent um, and to myself and, and to what, you know, uh, was taught from my mentors and everything, of course. But um, so anyways, but kind of piggybacking what Carrie and Michelle were saying uh, as far as kind of what we've been hearing from Optavia and through that, the corporate call is the focus on quality over um, quality. What is it? <laughs> Not frequency, quantity. but quantity. Quantity. Thank you. <laughs> um, because I think, you know, that we can get into that, that system where we're just checking boxes and we forget that we need to, to actually connect with people. And so kind of just bringing us back, especially in this world where um, people are just really needing that sense of connection, you know, it's more fast paced in 2020, people are just kind of sitting around during the pandemic and, um, you know, had more free time. Well, now people are back to work, people are busy at school, maybe money's a little bit tighter. So they're prioritizing different things. But I think if we can show up as that consistent light for people, then that's going to continue to build trust throughout this whole process. And so that they're still going to be more likely to reach out to us when they need help. And um, I think that that's one thing that our organization has always done really well with um, is just really showing up in consistency and showing that genuine light that we are just here to serve and, and help and not be so like, you know, sales focused, but um so I think for kind of what's next, they wanted us to really focus on that, yeah, it's engaging when you get on social media to see all the short form video content, because I think that's more um, real for people. They can like get to actually connect with you. They can see you. They can hear your voice. And so in listening to also who I was hosting with, Natalie Marisola, another um, IP or an IPD with Optavia, she's really good. I just, you know, she was like, I feel like people, if they can hear my voice, um, they can see my day-to-day, -day, all the good and the bad. Um, it's just, it helps them get to know you better. And I think that's really what we're trying to show people is, hey, just play around more with the video content so that people can get to know you on a, on a deeper level. Um, and I think it's important to know that it doesn't need to be overwhelming, 
So uh, I like how I think it was Krista Ortigo actually on a power hour recently was like, just slide over to the video, you know, instead of taking like just a bunch of pictures, just start playing around with some video like I will just take videos of my meals or like I was at a took my girls to a soccer game the other night and I just took a quick video of their reactions and like the game and I feel like that just really connects with people better um, and sort of pulls them into your world and, and lets them get to know you a little bit more so um, I think that you're gonna we're really gonna have that focus on intentional connection too so A to Z obviously is is great and we're not saying not to do the A to Z complimenting, but you're going to see that bigger focus, I think, on um, intentional work with hundreds lists and hearts lists, because I think in this time, it's really important to be um, intentionally building relationship with those people that you want to impact. And you can't do that by just checking a box with your A to Z. You need to actually build relationship with those people um, consistently. And that can look different through you know, showing up in their world on Facebook, sending them a message if it feels right, you know, and so you're going to be kind of hearing some of these things in um, power hours and um, trying to, you know, kind of help people with that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think really just Optavia also, it's kind of interesting to see them piggybacking along with kind of our pivots too. It kind of all seemed to happen around the same time. So that's been, been really kind of fun to see. And I think there's going to be more information to come, but um, like Carrie and Michelle said, what they were having us really <clears throat> uh, prioritize was engagement. So asking questions and just, you know, doesn't need to be anything crazy, just things that you're going on in your world that might add value to yourself and your audience. And you're going to get to see kind of what your audience really um, wants to hear. Like Danielle said, maybe an inspirational quote does speak to your audience and maybe it doesn't, um, but you have to kind of figure that out through playing around with things. But what Optivia Corporate, um, I think, gleaned the most from when I was doing some of the rehearsals was, I love how you said to keep it fun. And I think that that's one thing that we've really tried to focus on more is don't forget to have fun when you're doing this, because then, you know, people aren't going to be drawn to you if it doesn't seem like you're having fun doing it. And they were like, can you please speak more to um, making sure that, you know, you're showing up and having fun while you're doing all of this, you know, video content and the different things. So um, I think that's really key too. Anything else you wanted me to speak to on that? Yeah, that was great. That was really helpful. Um, for those of you who really like things to be black and white and to have a list, this is the hard part is that economically and just the season that we're moving into with our businesses, doing things and checking things off of a list is not producing results, right? And so maybe pre-2020, we could do enough of enough activities and it would work for coaches, but like helping a new coach know what their brand is and what their audience needs, that's going to be more work for us at the FIBC and above level for sure. But what's exciting for me is, oh my gosh, we can find something that will help people get some wins because a lot of us have had coaches. I will say I've had coaches who have been doing a lot of power hour time 
and a lot of checking the box. And they've been very consistent with their branding. They use a branding service day in, day out. Not a day goes by without those posts and they're doing all of the right things. And they're not a, you know, crusty old angry person that no one would want to talk to. They're lovely. So why isn't it working? And this is helpful for me in, okay, so if we have to pivot and if this isn't as simple, if we can't just prescribe an equation for people to check the box with, all right, but we can at least have some wins. We can help our coaches pivot and it's not going to be as streamlined, check the box. So thanks for that, Danielle. Um, I, I, I am, Tom and I are super blessed with the most capable and <laughs> incredible team. Honestly, we talk about you guys every day um, and not just the people speaking, but all of our leaders who are on this call right now, like you guys are incredible. And uh, that, that level of discernment that um, many of us have grown through the years is, um, is actually key. Like we don't, trigger finger, make changes. And honestly, I won't even call this what we're doing a change. I will call this just an evolution because when we started coaching seven years ago, we weren't doing six posts a day. Our transformations didn't have disclaimers. We, you know, they were composed poorly. We had the before on the right and the, you know, and it was just, you know, we said all the wrong things. Um, and so the bottom line is that, um, you know, we've, we've watched social media become way more sophisticated. We've watched people, experts come up and teach people. There's podcasts out there that are incredible. And there are definitely some things that, um, that I think we need to stop being scared of a few things. Um, and, uh, you know, I really, one of them is being salesy. Like I, I want Tom because he just like, he came in with some passionate stuff with to me this morning and was like, I, you know, why are people, why do people give salespeople the bad rap? So I just want Tom to just kind of sound off on what he was thinking with that, just so that you guys can get more in line with, you know, being a CEO and what that really means for you. Yeah, I looked up the definition of salesy and I think uh, I'm going to kind of butcher it a little bit, but um, it, it talked about essentially that super aggressive kind of sales style. Like when you walk on a, I'm just going to use car sale, car sales. Hopefully there's nobody that's in car sales on here, but you walk into a car lot and they're just like aggressively kind of pitching you, telling you all the benefits, but what they're not doing a lot of times is listening to what you want. And so really good salespeople um, that are selling complex solutions, which is what we're doing, um, are asking the right questions to uncover the need. And that's what we do in a health assessment. Um, so I think there's some crossover there. And it, we heard it a couple of times. I mean, you know, a good salesperson um, is providing value, asking great questions, becomes a trusted advisor, um, solves a problem. Um, so I, I used to be in technology sales, really complex um, credit card integrations is where I worked. And 
it was a long process of asking a lot of the right questions to uncover what they actually needed. Um, so thinking about it from that perspective, sales, it's not a bad thing. Um, I mean, the reality is people need to buy fuelings in order for us to get paid and we need to provide value within that. So, um, exactly. Yeah. And so, so, you know, even like, so it was funny cause when I started in the business, Tom was still in his sales role and, um, and he started coming to convention right away. He came to our first convention. We went together. We didn't know anyone else, um, except for Gina and Adam virtually. And, um, so we literally just showed up and um and sat together and you know i got to hear his commentary it's like watching him sitting next to him while he's watching an mma fight um he does he does like the shadow boxing as he's you know and he doesn't even know he's doing it i'm sorry i'm embarrassing him but he, he'll sit and watch an mma fight and he's like this and he's like you know he, he doesn't even know he's doing it and um that was kind of like what it was when we were in, at convention because he was a high level high level sales guy who worked in the industry where he had you know about you know what 100 clients or so and his job was to maintain those relationships and build on those relationships so um at convention he looked at me and he said he said they keep saying this isn't sales, but this is sales. This is exactly high level sales. He said, you know, I read a book called question based sales and spin selling and he I've never read them personally, but, you know, he, he said it's it's what you guys are doing here. And um, so I don't know if you have any like analogies that you want to give um, to make it. Yeah, well, I meant so I mentioned the. Uh... The car sales, but actually, I went to the dentist last week, and I told Jennifer when I, when I came home, this guy was pitching me nonstop, was not listening to anything I had to say, and pitching me on cosmetic dentistry and all these other things. Not really listening. I didn't feel like he was really concerned about what I wanted. Um, and I came home and I said, "I'm finding a new dentist." So it kind of happens everywhere, and you wouldn't think of a dentist as being um a salesperson but man this guy was pitching me non-stop implants and whatever all, else, all this stuff anything that could possibly tom could possibly have done he was pitching him on all of that and um and he was like no i just you know i just have a damaged tooth i just need like a root canal or something and anyway it just like he just wasn't listening so um <laughs> big time sales so yeah. and then tell us a little bit about that you know about those books and what you learned and your experience as a salesperson yeah i mean i think again i just go back to it's kind of exactly what we do in the health assessment is we're asking great questions to under uncover what the need is. And that's essentially what good salespeople do. And, you know, I mean, if we have a coach that is, I get why, why I understand why um, we don't necessarily use the term sales because some people would to some aspect, like freak out a little bit, like I don't a want bad a salesperson, like it's yeah. this negative thing because they don't understand what it is. So I understand why don't we don't use the term a lot. Um, but at a higher level, I mean, it's, it's what we're doing. And so, um, yeah, from all the books in my experience that I've read and just kind of, um, 
yeah, various experience. It's just asking great questions to uncover the need. Mm -hmm. and, then, and that's exactly and then, what Tom does with yeah. every Uber driver that we meet. Um, when you see him in a one-on-one -on -one conversation or a conversation with someone in our team, um, he's listening. He's asking questions. He's learning what's what's making them tick. Um, just watch him at events. He's like the master, and you know he's 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 very unassuming, but he's not he's not there with an agenda. But he is essentially selling you know, this relationship, this community, and he's, he, he will talk to people about like how Optavia is going to meet a need of theirs. And he's not going to try to convince them of something like leaving their jobs before they're ready or bringing their husbands in, because guess what? Some people did that to us um, early on and, um, and really put a bad taste in our mouths. Like some people were sort of like, you know, it wasn't our, even in our mentorship team, it was other people outside of our mentors and tell them that story when, uh, when someone came up to you and then what Dr. A said. Yeah, we were, we were at an event in, uh, yeah, I don't know. Costa Rica. We were in yeah, Costa, Rica. Costa Rica. That's right. And, and this, this guy kept saying over and over, oh, you got to join this business. You got to join this business. And Dr. A happened to be walking by and he grabs Dr. A and he says, don't you think Tom should join this business? And Dr. A turns to me and says, do you want to join the business? Not really. No, he shouldn't. It was his reply and he walked away. It was so funny. Truly, that's what Dr. A said. So, and it wasn't probably until two years later where, um, you know, where, where we were in our business that Tom recognized that, you know, his experience and, you know, and him coming in, and his his talents, you know, that he had a space. And so just remember also guys that, you know, when you have um, a partner or a spouse, just remember that it, it Tom's role in this business doesn't look anything like mine. And in fact, we were listening to a podcast earlier today and, you know, it was talking about, are you willing to do what you're asking your team to do. And I looked at him and I said, thank God you're here because the, the scalable size of our organization, what I ask people to do, it would be very hard for me to do um, without him and without my assistant. Now, I don't want you guys to think you can't do this business solo because I definitely, with having a supportive spouse who wasn't working in the business, I, you know, I was able to grow our business to IPD and beyond. Um, but just remember that, you know, it's, it's, you know, you're not trying to sell your spouse on becoming a health coach. Um, and it, it just doesn't work. And in fact, it, it is counterproductive. So um, same way, it's like trying to pressure people to, into joining program. So, okay. So, yeah. oh, yeah. go ahead. So Jennifer had hit IP, IPD for like two years before I jumped in. And I was really not helping at all. Um, so yeah, just want to clarify that. You were helpful. You were very helpful. You, you, he did. He was the man behind the curtain running our household and, you know, taking care of our boys and paying all the bills and managing our investments, which he still does all the bills, all the, all the investing and um, all the tax stuff. Thank goodness, because it's not my talent. Um, but now we get to, you know, 
we get to share, you know, our parenting, it's much more 50 50 now. Um, and, um, and we both, in fact, of it being 50 50, we both kind of get to be 100 100, like we are both at things often, we both do a lot of stuff. So anyway, well, thanks for sharing that, babe. Um, so I just want to, um, I just want to just talk for one second about um, some more of the evolution. So it's funny how seven, almost eight years ago when I started in the business, we did things a certain way. And then we started having boot camps. And then we started learning from other mentors. And um, that's where the ideas of if you've been around for a really long time, let's, if you've been around for more than five years, would you put a five in the chat? Um, because some of these things might sound familiar to you. Okay. You guys might remember uh, when we did, um, we would do uh, the three by three by three. Okay. There was even a time before the three by three by three. Um, I built a business and suddenly we tried to summarize it by calling it a three by three by three. And that was um, adding three friends a day, uh, starting three conversations a day and making three health related posts per day. Okay, not bad in, in general, not, not bad that we summarized it down to that. But then I was like, you know, Gina and I kind of were talking one day and we were like, did we really ever start three conversations a day? Just like, hey, they call it the hey huns. Hey hun, how are you doing? You know, whatever. Like, no, I never did that. And so, um, and then we uh, evolved into like this hundreds and hearts list, right? And the hundreds list was writing down a hundred names. Um, of people who really kind of you think are really, I'll just I'll just put it in really sales terms. They are high probability clients and coaches that you'd like to work with. Okay, um, but really, what we would say, and Tom would just say, "See, that's sales," and I would say, "No, it's not," because really, what it was is it was people that came into our hearts or jumped off the page or whatever people we've been interacting with, and we're like, "Oh gosh, they're super cool. I'd love to work with them," or I to just today, as I was um, going through something, uh, some old paperwork, I found someone who uh, it was actually in my before and afters that I was making a, a pit collage today for a coach. Um, I saw an old client who crushed program and who talked about coaching. I'm like, I'm going to put her back on my list because she was going to coach. Um, but anyway, so that's how we make a hundreds list so then we shifted from that into power hour activities and like a to z commenting and different things <clears throat> now are any of these things wrong to do no they're not wrong uh how did i build my business i'm gonna tell you i did start conversations but not in a starting conversations kind of way i grew a hundreds list I friended a lot of people and I commented on a lot of people's stuff. I did not do A to Z because I don't even think maybe Facebook didn't even alphabetize your friends back at that time. Um, but I definitely had a list of people that I kept growing and I had a list of dream coaches that I kept growing and <clears throat> I would go to their Facebooks or to text message or to messenger or 
invite them for coffee or, you know, do the things. So I would just, you know, grow intentional relationships. <clears throat> and guys, as soon as those people came on program, I kept growing that list. I didn't just stop. I didn't just <clears throat> stop and say, oh, wow, now Andrea Rouget is coaching with me. Great. I'm just going to stop and I'm going to work with Andrea for the next three months. Mm -mm. Guess what? I got Andrea up, running, worked with Danielle. Boom. Those guys, like they wanted it. And I just kept growing my list and growing my coaches. And I think all too often we get four or five people that we really like, and then we stop growing that list and stop working from that list. So now what you're seeing in the evolution is we're kind of, and, and oh, and PS, because I was so intentional with who I was working with and my team wasn't that huge, I did work in my newsfeed because my newsfeed was full of my clients, people on my hundreds list and my new coaches. It doesn't work that well for me anymore to work in my newsfeed because it's mostly coaches, right? So it's not, I'm not even saying it's wrong to work in your newsfeed. It's wrong to get sucked into your newsfeed and becoming a consumer of that. But I still do work in my newsfeed. I go there, I comment on coaches stuff, I provide edification and third party credibility for them. Um, but I don't get sucked in unless I'm off. If I'm off, and I want to watch some reels, I'll do it. Okay, but I'm just giving you guys the truth. So now what we're evolving back to is getting much more focused because for a lot of us who have two to 4,000 people and are in our friends list, because I have like 4,200 almost, you know, I'm getting close and I'm, I really slowed down and I've started removing some friends so that I can add some. But for me to do A to Z commenting, it's like literally, you know, throwing, you know, a thousand mile cast net out there with holes this big in it and barely, you know, barely making an impact. And so for me and for many of us, I think that us shifting back to getting a more, to getting a more focused approach. And I love how, um, to think of it like a bow and arrow rather than a shotgun. You know, if you shoot a shotgun into the air, all those little BBs are going to land somewhere, but they're probably not going to hit anything. But if you create a list of people, a targeted list, I'm not saying that we're trying to like take people down or kill people or, you know, I'm saying that, you know, these are people like my friend in Mexico. Um, I've had relationship with her for many, 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 many years since she was an exchange student in my home. But now I've talked to her. Now I've, I've talked to her about the coaching opportunity. I've talked to her about, you know, she's already reached out to me about wanting to do, to do program. And I am really, you know, being very focused at giving her that, you know, keeping her interested and keeping engaged with her and her kids and her family. You guys, this is what a hundreds list does for us. So it's not like A to Z is wrong. We're not going to stop A to Z commenting, especially if someone's new and they've got a few hundred friends. That's a great way to do it, right? Because you're, it's a higher impact. But the bigger your business grows and as you become FIBC, beyond, beyond, you have diminishing returns on those kinds of activities. So um, just remember that a hundreds list is, is going to be good for pretty much any size business. And looking at the people that you're putting on those hundreds list you know, and I'm not, I'm talking about the, I'm not talking about like a certain financial 
group or a certain whatever. I'm talking about the kind of people you want to do life with. That's that's when I say quality. I'm not talking about income. I'm not talking about, you know, oh, high producers become high producers, high performers become high performers. Yes, there are going to be certain amount of those in our business, but I'm also talking about the underdogs. Like I have a huge passion to help people. And if we keep our business focused on loving people, adding value and giving people solutions and trans and transforming their lives and transformational sales, that's what it is guys, but transformational um, solutions, guys, that's where this is all at. And I'm going to look at this season and I'm going to stop talking about this season because look, this is just life. This business, if you guys are in business of any kind, whether it's retail, hair, you know, owning a shop, you know, any kind of business that people own, uh, bicycle mechanics, you know, we have friends who have, you know, all different kinds of businesses, restaurants, you are going to go through different seasons. And those people who came into our business wanting quick you know, whatever, and not really wanting to have to work. This is going to be a season of finding out who the real people who want this is. This is a leadership season and I'm here for it. I don't see our business, you know, isn't dying. (laughs) My gosh, we only have, you know, we're right around the 3 million people mark guys. Do you know how many million people? I don't know how many, how many million people do we have in America, but we have that many people. Plus we're about to expand yet to another country. Okay. So we're nowhere near saturated at all. We're not even close to it. We are just going to have to be more authentic and more consistent. Um, now, I had hoped to have a little bit of time for some questions and answers, but, um, but we don't have time for that today. But I will say, if you're a person who prolifically posts six times a day and you're authentic and you have a great engaged audience, keep doing that if that makes you happy, right? keep doing that that is your brand your brand is high energy and high revolutions do it you're successful if you're a person who's like so exhausted from that and you're like gosh i would love to do a health related transformation and a post about my kids or my lean and green every day and that's it then do that figure out what's working for you do some reels do some stories do some long form videos, post some videos in your newsfeed, post some videos on short form videos on your stories. Um, sometimes I'll put, you know, five photos up in my stories and then it'll say, Hey, do you want to make a reel? And I'm like, heck yes, I want to make a reel, uh, because it's a, it's a one button click. <laughs> so just mix it all up, be authentic, be engaging, be entertaining, um, add value, give some value away for free. Um, be authentic, show who you are, and most of all, show that you have a solution to offer people. So thanks, Danielle. Thanks, everyone, Carrie, Michelle, Tom, Sarah. Um, And hopefully this makes more sense to you guys of what um, we are putting out there. Thanks a lot.